All right, Jay, we live right now. It's 2024. I first oh, want to say Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year. Are you ready for 2024? I'm ready. I'm ready to, to knock it out, to elevate, and to move myself and my family forward and, and, and just continue to encourage all of our friends and loved ones. And then, of course, our Regal Mindset uh, community. I'm ready to... to uh, to motivate and help coach them along too. What about I know. you? I'm excited because, you know, as I, of course, being a manifestation coach, I came to the realization that everything that was planted in 2022 and 2023, I'm going to start seeing in 2024. And I'm glad that I did some good planning. And so, you know, I'm, I'm excited. I can't wait. It's going to be amazing. And yeah. I'm just going to continue to plant for 2025 and 2026 because I got 2024 covered. We're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to do it that way. You got to, we, mm -hmm. uh, again, I always tell people we got to think about things, uh, how to best set ourselves up for the future. We got to do that now. So yeah. we can't wait to the last minute that that the function and the behavior of waiting to the last minute, think we're going to get stuff popping off. It, it's, it's it doesn't work like that. Absolutely. It, it's, it's, if we follow agriculture, then we understand how we as planters and farmers and sowers in a spiritual realm, including natural, but more in the spiritual realm, because our mindset, everything starts with the thought. And that thought trickles out of your mouth and you're thinking it, you're planning it. And excuse me, well, you're thinking it when you plan it, you're, it's in your thought in your mind and in your heart. But when you speak it out, you're watering it. And that's how we have to look at it. And then that's how you set your life up. And that's the purpose of Regal Mindset is to start helping you think differently. Look at things differently so that it can impact your life differently because everything starts with a thought. Absolutely. I 100% agree. So tonight's show is titled Love Shouldn't Hurt or Should Never Hurt. Trigger warning. So, yeah. Yeah. We, we definitely got to give a disclaimer to those uh, people that are listening or either watching us. Uh, some of the subjects, uh, or not subjects, but the some of the content that we're going to be talking about tonight uh, may be triggering for some, especially if it is uh, uh, something that you dealt with personally or perhaps one of your loved ones. So just to give you a heads up, uh, we do have uh, resources uh, that we'll provide uh, throughout the show. But again, we want to give that disclaimer that if you are triggered, uh, by the content that we're talking mm -hmm. about tonight, just be mindful. And if you need to reach out to someone, then we have those resources available. Yes. So what are we talking about? Domestic violence. Man. And, and the fact that love doesn't hurt. It should and never. It should never hurt. And people, what we want you to understand is that the domestic violence operates on different levels it's not just physical domestic violence can be mental it could be emotional it could be social it could be on many different levels when we first say domestic violence we automatically go to the hitting yeah but everybody don't hit with their hands 
and but that does not disqualify it as domestic violence and being a product of domestic violence myself you know i know what domestic violence looks like right and right. i know what it feels like and i know not just being the one that was hit on being watching it growing up yeah. and um and the impact that it makes on your children that you don't think just because they didn't get hit doesn't mean they didn't get hit facts and i think a lot of people miss that because i you know growing up as a young from a young age i remember you know and it's it's not a good thing because a lot of decisions i made in life was mm. because of what i saw and what i experienced Okay. Can you shed light on that? Yeah. Just a little bit. So my mother loved hard. And sometimes she wanted love to be loved so hard that she was okay with what it came with. In one particular situation, um, this gentleman she was with, he was um, very thuggish. He disliked me for everything that was in me. He really, you know, he treated my sisters okay. Mm-hmm. And um, and when it came down to me, he used to sit me out. So when my mama would leave, he made sure he put me outside. So I sat outside for hours in the dark. That's crazy. The, yeah. And we used to, he used to have a broke car that was in our yard, an old yellow 57 Chevy. And I used to go in there and go to sleep until my mama got home from church because he would put me out. And um went through that for years. And when I left home, um, I ended up moving out when I was like 15 because mm-hmm. he came home drunk and my mama was at church and I was sitting in front of the TV and he told me he was like, um, came and cut the TV off and I cut it back on and he was like, I said, my mama said I could stay up until she got home and he punched me in the back of my head and we tussled a little bit. I ran, got my uncle and when my mama came home, her, she said, let us pray. Mm. And I think I had such an anger because she didn't protect me. Mm-hmm. She chose him over me in every situation mm-hmm. and then you chose God to try to fix it instead of putting this man out. Yeah. But I also saw this same man beat my mama. And she was 32 years old and they was fighting. He beat her. This her face was so mangled. And um I swear she walked in to the front door of the house and she said, "Get your shit and drop and that was her first heart attack. Oh, man. And I was 12 when I started. So we're talking about years. And I think at that moment, I hated men. Because mm. I was like, how could you choose a man over your children? Because it was other things. She would leave us for days. It was It's a lot to it. Okay, But he had such a love control over her that we as her children didn't matter. And I became that parent to my sisters. Mm. 
And that's a whole nother within itself. And as I got older, I had such a resentment towards her. Mm-hmm. I had a, I definitely had a resentment towards him. But I knew that I got a healing at some point because he came to her funeral. Oh, wow. And everything in me did not want him to be there. And everybody was like, just let him come. It was, oh, so I said, you don't understand. Y'all don't, y'all wasn't there when the glass breaking and they stabbing each other in the stomach and then picking the glass out of each other's stomachs and then going to sleep. Man. Right. Like, so you can't tell me who I can have my baba feud. Like it went a lot. But then I said, I I got peace with it. I was like, I don't care. And he came and we, I actually talked to him Mm -hmm. and I didn't feel that anger anymore. And that's what I was like. I forgive you. Right. And so, yeah. And I grew up with those type of relationship dynamics. Yeah. Yeah. And the fear of relationship dynamics and didn't want to be a parent because of what my experience with my parent and things like that. And um, now, as I got older, I was not in a physical relationship, um, uh, domestic violence type of relationship, anything like that. But I did have an altercation with a person before. Right. And But it takes that one incident. And I was done. No, because once you open that door and you and that person feels it's OK to right. put their hand on you and you don't respond. But see, I respond. So it was a hand for hand. Right. Because you're not going to hit me. I, 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 I lost all consciousness at that point. But when you, when that door is open, there's no way to close that door. I, and I'm willing to, to discuss that with anybody that yeah. you're telling me after that first hit, it makes that, per, it opens up a door that of comfortability. Of, yeah. And the next time you get angry, that's going to be your first go-to. Yeah. So once it's open, you can't close that door. Yeah, no, you're right, uh, and and I'm a uh, a big believer on you have to teach people, uh, of course, how to treat you, right? Mm-hmm. So I want to first offer you, I'm really sorry that you had to experience all those things uh, in such a traumatic way in your upbringing. You know, it's, and it's unfortunate that uh, a lot of uh, our parents or our aunts, or uncles, or whomever uh, felt that that was the only means to be able to communicate whether it was love or just whatever their dysfunction or, or whatever their, their issues were, mm-hmm. they weren't at a place where they could seek help to, to, to do better so that they could be better examples for us. Right. Yeah. And you know, black people in yeah. the South, everything was, yeah. You don't talk you about don't tell what my business. Exactly. Exactly. And that's you know, so toxic, yeah. man. Uh, you know what? Even I, I even see it and I've heard it even in my house. You know what I'm saying? And we're me and my wife, we're trying to dispel that that mm-hmm. that kind of mentality. You know what I'm saying? Because it doesn't serve anybody. It doesn't serve um, anybody at all on any level. It, it, and, and it causes so much trauma and so many things that not just, you know, the adults have to unpack. But those kids, when they become of age, they're going to have to unpack that, too, because they're carrying that around in their little book bag. And yeah. they just toting it with them from relationship to relationship and encounters with different people. And they don't even realize the stuff that they got don't even belong to them. And and no. And we for the longest, it was such a taboo 
to get help on any level. Yeah. You couldn't tell the school counselors because then, like they used to say, oh, the white people going to come and take you. That was our fear. Yeah. You know, and it was, and then, like you said, they're toting it to a relationship, a relationship where they feel it's okay. They've they normalized that. Yeah. And it's like, well, if you don't hit me or, or show that type of aggressive love, then you don't love me. And that's not true. Exactly. And, and at one point, I had that, I had that misconception because it's a difference for fighting for me mm. and fighting for me. Mm-hmm. I want you to fight for me in the fact that you're willing to to do what's necessary to make our relationship work. You're mm-hmm. fighting for us. Making changes, getting help, doing what you need to do. Then there's a, you're fighting for me because when I get ready to walk out the door, you're closing the door, blocking the door, jumping out in front of the car. Now, I don't need you to fight for me. You better move before I run you over. <laughs> that part. And I think, yeah. and you know, and so that's real big in lesbian relationships. I'm pretty sure it's big on heterosexual. But that's real big in lesbian relationships because they can fight at the club and then be good when they get home. Yeah. It's like, that's crazy. Yeah. I mean... That's insanity. Listen, I, I can recall a situation once uh, where I was dating someone and there was a for one, I didn't know all of the trauma and everything that they had brought with mm-hmm. them like into the relationship. They had some uh, some abandonment issues, right? Mm-hmm. And they had a host of other things. And I just stepped away for a moment from, I think we were out of town at a, at a hotel or something. And that person uh, internalized me going to take care of some business for me abandoning them in another mm-hmm. city that we weren't you know, that we didn't reside in. And so when I returned, it was a big uproar. And so this person's method of uh, arguing and, and, and addressing situations was combative. They, mm-hmm. they wanted to fight. I'm like, like, what the hell? Like, this was totally foreign to me. Yeah, yeah. And it, it, it caught me off guard so much to the point was like, you know, I had to get some friends to intervene. Uh, not necessarily that I couldn't defend myself, but I didn't understand completely what was going on, right? And I wanted them to kind of... Um, uh, de-escalate the situation, right? Right. We, again, we were out of town. I didn't want uh, either of us to be, you know, find ourselves in a situation where we had to talk to law enforcement. But I say that to say uh, that was that person's only form at that time of communicating. Mm. And what ended up happening was like, you know, we had to uh, come to Jesus meeting. Like, listen, I don't know what all you experienced in the past. I didn't bring you here to leave you. That was never my intention. I just simply went, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, you need to tell me or explain to me where all of this is coming from. And they explained and essentially, you know, as things kind of unfolded, we realized that, yeah, okay, you got some things that you really need to address. Mm -hmm. I don't see either of us going forward in anything until you address those things. Right. right? Because I'm not into uh, having relationships or relating with people that we got to fight. If we got to do that, I don't even, you don't even need my number. Yeah. So we've got to be able to look at those things as flags, figure out how we're going to address those things and then move forward. 
Right. We can't keep beating up on each other. We can't keep tussling out here. We can't keep fighting and tearing up people's shit. We just and can't do that. We can't do it. But the reason why we don't classify them as flags is because it's the trauma bond on the reason why mm. we're together. Okay. And and I'm looking at it from a lesbian perspective because I've never been in a real heterosexual relationship. So I don't know how they act. I okay. know that with women, it, and this is a, to me, this is a big issue in the community because it's like, well, because I divulge of it to you of everything I've been through in my life, you want to be able to nurture and protect me, not realizing you should have been telling me, hey, I found this number for you and I got you a therapist. <laughs> because we turn our relationships into therapy, into therapy. Yeah, that's it. I feel yeah. that a lot of relationships are therapy. Yeah. And so instead of saying, no, I got my issues. I want to be with you, but I'm going to work on these because this yeah. is a trigger for me and mm -hmm. being able to identify that trigger because I dealt with abandonment issues, mm. rejection issues on a, I went through life thinking nobody wanted me because again, growing up in the South, all domestic violence, Ain't always hitting on you. Yeah. I was the black one. So my grandma really didn't like black, her black grandkids. I don't care what nobody say. Mm -hmm. And me and my cousins, we all had this conversation one time. I said, she was mean to us mm -hmm. because, because we were black. Mm. She wasn't mean to the light skinned ones. Okay. So we was ugly. You look like your daddy. You this, you that. that that's what we heard. Normal sized kids, but we was too fat because we wasn't as skinny as the other ones. Yeah. But I'm like, I'm, I'm eight and I wear eight. Isn't that what you're supposed to wear? I'm not eight and I wear 14. You know, so that was domestic violence because it was a mental violence in a domestic situation. Yeah. Yeah. So you have such a terrible self image. And, um, I had a very bad colorism issue. I wouldn't oh, date nobody. Yeah. I, and we had a, this real talk session in the fraternity one time and I brought it up. I said, in my eyes, dark was ugly. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until I became an adult. And I'm like, everybody ain't black that ain't ugly. I had to realize I wasn't black. I'm brown. I'm pecan tan. But in my head, you couldn't tell me my, I wasn't the color of this charger. Oh, wow. Because that is what was put in my head growing up as a kid and and in the deep south and where light skin is the most beautiful and then so i only dated light skin mm. now granted i tried to date a dark skin girl in it and, and i went back to what i knew because she, mm. well, she man she she proved to me why I <laughs> she was a good example why. one time for the dark skin listen now I have some beautiful dark skinned ladies in my life as friends and they are gorgeous inside and out. Yeah. But this one that I dated, oh, she was horrible. Yeah. I yeah. should have knew something was wrong when she had to go to right there. I was like, I should have known then you was you we wasn't a compatible match. Well, but sad. um <laughs> but we people have to deal with that. Those are trigger issues that yeah. we bring it, those are triggers and issues that we bring into relationships. That we should have dealt with way before we got with our partner. Yeah. Because yeah. the first time they say something about dark skin, boom, now you mad. Now you want to fight. Oh, you All don't like me? Feelings. Fight. 
I, I didn't even think about it. I even said it that way. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I feel like uh, there's a lot of times uh, as we journey from a young adult uh, or teen, let's say teen years into our young adult self, uh, there's some things that, you know, we have to address with, I, I would say, at, with, with, uh, within counseling, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and, and some of those things we may not be aware of until we're well in our 30s, you know what I'm saying? And maybe colorism is one of them. Mm -hmm. uh, I see that in my home. I've seen that as I grew up. Um, I have siblings who are a lighter shade than me. Um, and, and I have relatives or cousins that are, are, are darker. Uh, I can't personally say that I've seen a difference in, you know, how our parents or our relatives, loved ones treated us, but I do know it exists, right? Mm -hmm. I know it exists. Even my, bro my brother that I grew up with in the same home, he's lighter than me. Uh, I didn't look at him any different, but like you said, there there's instances and there's families and the dynamics within those families where they are treated differently because they're of a lighter shade. Yeah. And, and that's something we got to address. We have to address it because the, and, and it's so prevalent around us mm. because, you know, my daughter is, is, yeah, she's naturally bright skinned. Mm -hmm. She's Ecuadorian and African American with a little spit of Italian in her. Mm -hmm. And she has long, beautiful hair. That's the first thing people notice. And they automatically, oh, she's so beautiful. Why? Because she light skinned. Now, granted, my daughter is gorgeous. No offense to us about it. But what if she was brown? Because I also think of the fact of when I was standing next to my cousin, Melissa, we didn't treat each other different. And Melissa is my oldest cousin. I'm the second. Okay. So she's a first, she's second. And our mothers were sisters. So we're first cousins. She was light-skinned and they dressed her in pink. I was dark-skinned. They dressed me in blue or green. But we always had the same outfit on or whatever. But when I look at my pictures, I'm like, I was a gorgeous baby. But they're going to automatically look at her because she was bright skinned. Oh, she's so pretty. I didn't get she was so pretty. Yeah. It was a feature. Oh, she had a pretty smile, but you never told me I was pretty. I wasn't bald head. I had nice hair. So it's, we see it all day, every day. And a lot of people, even white people, when they see my daughter, she is so beautiful. Get out of her face. Because she shouldn't have to be light skinned for you to say she's beautiful. That she could have been like, and 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 I have to check myself too, because I'm like, am I gonna react from a place of hurt? Because that's what I feel. I'm gotcha. not jealous of my daughter, but it brings up that feeling like, hold on. So if she was brown, would would you give her that same beautiful, that same? Oh, she's so gorgeous. Oh, she's so this. But that's the world we live in. Absolutely, it is. Uh, we shared a couple clips uh, mm -hmm. amongst one another this week. And one of them was about a same-sex couple. Oh, God. Uh, that I, I don't know if it was live, but I feel like it was all over social media. Not to say mm -hmm. that it's not. I mean, we live in a world, unfortunately, where people have uh, bad moments. And there's mm -hmm. a camera or a video around displaying what those moments are. Uh, but from what I recall from that video, the two ladies, uh, one was filming and the other one uh, was collecting her things. But in the midst of her collecting her things to be um, to remove herself from the apartment, that my assumption is that they shared. Mm -hmm. She was tearing up uh, their be their belongings. Oh, right? God. At that point, you know, if y'all shared the same address, this, this is y'all stuff. She's mm -hmm. tearing up the belongings. 
put stuff in a trash bag. Whether she had anywhere to go or not, I have no idea. It didn't look like it because of the way she was acting. She um, blurted out that she hated the girl and so on and so forth. It was just a complete mess. And mm-hmm. the first thing I thought of is like, how how many times have we seen it ourselves? We have friends who have done it or we've done it ourselves. Mm-hmm. I guess, I, I, listen, I'm not doing all of that. And I'm not right. doing all of that. Because, and, I, and I really strongly believe it's because at one point, if I have love for you and we have love for one another, there's no reason for us to get to this level, right? Mm-hmm. It should be at some point, listen, we're both upset. We're both angry. We're both mad. I'm just mm-hmm. going to remove myself or you remove yourself. Whatever that looks like, it does not always have to result in me tossing shit around, tearing up our shit. Or in some cases, like you said, if they come with just a trash bag, then they, I'm basically tearing up your shit. Exactly. Because we're going to talk about that because you know yeah. we look at it from my... But remember one of the first conversations that we had, we was talking about situations like that. Yeah. And how you say red flags. You could have, you should have known what you was getting into when you started dating this type of person. Because if they don't, if they're not bringing nothing to the table, they ain't got nothing to lose. At all. So so they're going to tear your stuff up. And once we play the video, let's talk about some of the things in the video. I want to talk about narcissism because obviously that's the big word, the pending word that's out there today. So yeah. when we start talking about the mental domestic violence. Right. So, yeah, I want to I want to talk. I want to make sure we put that in there because. People need to really truly understand what narcissism is and how to yeah. spot it and know what when they're getting violated emotionally and mentally. So, yeah. Right. Right. Uh, I don't know that we have the video set up to cue uh, to play for tonight. I thought we were going to do okay. another video. Okay. No, no. But but nonetheless, that's that's why I wanted I tried to describe it as best as, pop, as possible. Uh, I do want to touch on the fact like 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 we spoke of earlier. Um being able one to recognize what those flags are, what they look like. And then two, how can we safely communicate at the time that we're angry to the other person that, Hey, I really just need some time uh, to gather my thoughts or figure out what we're going to do so we can, you know, handle this situation maturely and professionally. Right. Okay. Give me your suggestions. What's your thoughts? What what can you do In in the heat of the anger though? All right, so let's go let's let's go back to the video for a second. Okay. Because there's some things that I wanted to point out to that that we that I know I witnessed in that video. Mm-hmm. So it was a it was a lesbian couple. Mm-hmm. The girl was the girl that was being abused, because that's all she, the perspective that she gave us. Mm-hmm. And was putting the other girl out. So it was a feminine girl who was videoing it, telling the the stud girl to get out, all of that stuff. And she was videoing her actions to that and her response to the get out. One, I had a problem with the stud girl, the fact that she didn't have nothing to get out with. I think it was a trash bag. It was a trash bag. So now you're going in the cabinet, breaking up cabinets of this apartment or house or whatever. I believe it was an apartment. Mm -hmm. We're getting trash bags. To get your stuff and you taking snacks, first of all, that was 
that was that was a cue for me. You're taking oh. snacks. You're throwing in clothes. I think she threw in some clothes, clothes or something like that. So I'm looking at the fact that you don't even got a, a overnight bag or a luggage to even take your stuff out. Okay. That means you was trash. Okay, because let's be real. Studs want this persona. They want this respect. They want this visibility of a person that has it together and in control. And you didn't even have a own. You using glad trash bags or store brand to get your stuff. Two, you're stealing. You're taking snacks. So that means you're trying to prepare not to be hungry. Then you call in the girl names, which when it gets to the point where you're calling the person names by their weight, their looks, you had that in your heart for a while. Okay. So you're really giving, but one thing when you're angry, drunk, and a kid is going, and an old person going to always tell you the truth. Just throwing the old person. Exactly. Yeah. Cause you know, the old people, they mean. So if you was <laughs> ugly, they're going to die. She's mad. Now you ugly. There's no coming back from that because you've been feeling that way for a while. Not only were you, this girl is going around cussing out, she spit on her. Mm. I recall her spitting. That's so degrading. Mm-hmm. Then you're, you're belaboring this, the, the situation of getting out. Get out. It's not your place. Which means if she could put you out, your name would nowhere on it. Easily. So when you get in a relationship and they can't put their name on plastic, I don't care if it's a $300 limit. If they can't put their name on the lease, if they can't put their name on a light bill and their phone, not me and my wife, we share a phone account, but that ain't because neither one of us can't put our name on it. <laughs> I was fine on my phone account, but my wife liked to upgrade her phone every hour. So with that being said, she, I had to get a phone in order for her to get an upgrade. It was a lot of conniving that she got me into into this. This, this I don't even know who we got. She just <laughs> tell me. Who, she just set up the bill. I don't even care. But the phone is in the girl name. I'm pretty sure the phone was in the girl name. You're probably driving her car, ladies. That is beyond red flag. Even if it's a man. If they cannot share the responsibility on any level with you, you're, you really don't, they're unstable. I understand people fall on hard times. You might have to go to rent a center to get a couch. I get it. But if we're not doing this together where there's equality in the, the, in the effort, you already know it's a problem. That was one yeah. of the, the bigger, that was the, to me, that was my take from the whole situation. Y'all both are fighting. So both of y'all are wrong. Both of y'all can go to jail. Yeah. I get Absolutely. it. But I'm looking, but I'm looking at my stud counterpart take glad trash bags and putting stuff in it. Taking old food out the refrigerator. If you if you bad enough, just leave. You ain't got to take no crustable. No. And it was, and to me, it was so degrading and such a bad look on those who identify in that manner because it makes it seem like we ain't got our stuff together. And that, and that's so far from the truth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, no, I... But 
I also look at the, the feminine girl because it also take me back to that last video when the, the feminine girl said people think they're their mama. Remember mm. when we Yeah, yeah. So yeah. not looking at her like that's my mother, but they're giving that nurturing environment. Well, just come and stay with me until you get on your feet. No, get on your feet. And that's that even part. from a, a taking it if you're dating a film. And unless y'all are meeting in the middle with stuff, she need to be on her feet too. And especially yeah. if she got kids. Don't be bringing this old 30-pound weight to me. So to me, those were red flags. It yeah. appeared that she came empty-handed. It appeared that she didn't have nothing to offer the relationship anyway, other than probably some good humping. Y'all probably did smoke weed a lot, so she probably brought that to the table. But what else could she offer? So when you saw the video, what would you take as red flags from both perspectives? So first of all, I feel like, and again, neither of us know what happened before mm -hmm. the young lady started filming. So I'm going to say that neither one of them was at a place where they could handle the situation that it didn't have to escalate before it got to that. Right. So neither of them had the tools to be able to do that. Neither the fam or mm -hmm. the stud. I would say that I would hold the more masculine person more accountable, in my opinion, only because I feel like that's the person should, who should be setting the tone of the right. household. That's my opinion, right? Y'all can shoot me in the comments, come for me, whatever. I'll take the smoke this week. I'm with it. Uh, come on with the smoke. Okay? I'm with it. Yes. What I will say is that the feminine uh, young lady... Mm -hmm. Not that she has to adjust herself to the other, to the, uh, to the stud, but as you said, at some point we have to have standards, right? Let's not lower mm -hmm. our standards because we're lonely. Let's mm -hmm. not lower our standards because, uh, this person has good seg, mm -hmm. we'll say seg, all right? And let's not lower our standards because we just tired of being alone, right? Or we're just tired of being in the state that we are. There is work that is required, I feel like, on both of their parts, both right? Both parts, yeah. That if, if they were to do the work, then they can eventually find somebody who can match their energy. Mm -hmm. They can both come to a place where they can talk as adults and handle the situation. But right. yet again, we find ourselves, or well, some people find themselves in these situations, and then they're like, well, I can't believe she did. Well, there's accountability to be had on both parts. Right. You absolutely so that, that, right. That's, that's what I saw. And it's just unfortunate that we don't have, uh, and I can't even say that, that the person, don't, that neither of them have good examples, because I don't know. Mm -hmm. What I will say is I wish they would have uh, handled things more Adult, more mature. not just adult, just more out of respect. At the very least, like both of y'all have love for one another. I'm assuming, unless you just met this lady last week and you gave her the keys to the house and you allowed her to come and stay. But how could you really say you love a person when you so easily called them out of their name? When you can spit on somebody, and I'm a southern, I don't spit. Right. I don't care if I got cold in my chest. I can't bring it up. I don't know why. You right. spit on this girl or the fact that you're willing to destroy what she has because you're angry. 
Facts. And I promise you, I've seen this so many times, so I'm willing to take this L. Like you said, if it's smoke in the comments, I'm willing to take it. I bet you that stud is also the same type that'll start a fight in the middle of the club with her girlfriend if she got too drunk or something. Like, you've seen it before. Oh, yeah. They'll start yeah. fighting in the middle of the club, yelling back and forth, put, and, th and then the film will be like, it's okay, she she didn't... No, 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 no. If you can show out like that, or you're out in your friends and you can show out, that's an automatic no for me. Because what you're you going to do is embarrass me. We, so we know if you can do it at home, you're doing it in public too. And if mm -hmm. they can do it in public, you know they're doing it at home. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's not a relationship. That's 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 a charge. Not, not one to hold on to. Yeah, absolutely. And, and then we have to look for, like you said, we don't know if there was babies in the house or or whether they were present at the home then or or they can't, you know, was that school, mm -hmm. whatever the situation was. We got to be mindful of what we're teaching our young people before we send them out into the world. Mm -hmm. That goes for me and my house. That goes for all the people that I'm connected to. We have to do better at being better role models. And and then you know what else I'm tired of hearing? Well, I, I wasn't seeing, I didn't, I want to see, I, I didn't see healthy relationships. I didn't experience, you know, two-parent households. Neither did I. And two-parent households wasn't always the safest. Okay. Sometimes uh, it was better that it was a single parent household. What if that second parent was a drug uh, a person addicted to drugs or they was pimping you out? Same. We can't use that excuse no more. Yeah. There's too many ways out there to where you can see healthiness. Right. Yeah. Even though my father was not in my life for years and prevalent, I knew he existed. He knew mm -hmm. I existed. Mm -hmm. But I still was graced with strong men in my life that showed me what it is to be. And my uncle, my uncle would never play the radio. He, that would have never happened. So you can't, just because I saw my mom experience that situation. Yeah. My uncle didn't lay a hand on nobody. My granddaddy never hit nobody. So no, you've seen it. Now, there's a there's a, a percentage of people that can honestly say, I don't, I didn't have those resources. Mm -hmm. I get that. But you do have to know that there's a, a alternative. And that you can, there's there's gotta be somebody that showed you some type of difference. Mm -hmm. There has to be. Or just to know that there that that this doesn't have to be your life. That this exactly. does not have to happen in your relationship. You shouldn't have to wake up and and wonder whether or not you're gonna get your ass beat today. Come on, Ike and Tina. Okay. <laughs> we should not have to wake up or come home from work and wonder what kind of mood uh he or or, or her is gonna be in, uh, and how many eggshells I gotta walk on. Exactly. That's like you said, it's not a relationship. That's not and a that, relationship. We have to call a thing a thing. This is what it is. And how am I going to remove myself from this situation? And more importantly, if I have children that I'm exposing them to, how am I going to remove myself and my children safely? But then let's talk about this. People who feel stuck because they don't have a safe outlet. 
They don't right. want the stigma of going to a shelter. They don't want the stigma of people knowing their business. And yeah. I'm going to be honest with you. I believe that my mom felt stuck a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Because regardless of what this person did, he still provided her financial support to a point. Okay. To where she could pay her bills or she could do whatever. Okay. Right. So when you're in those situations, you try to sympathize and empathize that some people don't have a safe way out. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, is that you have to forcibly surround yourself with people that if you say, I need help, are capable, whether it's emotionally or whatever, to help you. I got you. And you you have to. And whether it's a friend, a village, whatever. I agree. So let me ask you this question, and, and hopefully you're able to answer it. What would you say to your mom, if you could, right? at that age or or that place when you recognize it at the young age that you were, if you were a friend, what would you say? What would you have said to your mother? Not, not as her child, but as a, as a friend and you saw what was going on. Penny, you were always good enough. And her friends, her real friends mm-hmm. that grew up with her. Mm-hmm knew what she experienced earlier. Okay, so let me give a little context to that. Okay. My mom was in a two-parent household. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, of course, I wasn't back in 1958, but I do know a lot of stuff that would happen. And my mom treated me the way her mom treated her. Okay. So it was a family, it was a generational issue. And when you're felt, when you feel rejected, when you feel abandoned, you feel, and then back then, ain't no man going to want you, all of this, you pivot your life to want somebody to want you. Okay. She wanted to be loved. So no matter what accomplishments that she's ever had, she never felt that she was good enough. So as a friend she they only saw what she showed them okay so that's going to get your praises but they didn't know you was coming home and getting the hell knocked at you because when i mentioned it years ago this is when my mama was actually living i mentioned it during domestic violence month and my mama got mad at me you got people knowing i said mama first of all that's over 20 something years ago Two, I didn't think you would be that mad about it. Three, a lot of her friends were like, I didn't know that was going on. Yeah, no. I know a lot of y'all didn't know it was going on. Okay. Because she never felt safe enough. Or it could have been pride. Okay. So for them to see her in this light, she was good enough. But nobody saw her in that light to tell her she was good enough. Mm-hmm. And to reassure her that she was good enough. Or to eat and because they didn't know, I don't think nobody could offer her any type of assistance. Okay. So I'm going to go back to Penny, you was always good enough. You didn't have to accept 
him. Less than, yeah. Beyond less than. Beyond less than. It was nothing he could do for you. And if, and even when she got married, and, and I'm not going to give the whole segment on her, even when she got married to her third husband, mm-hmm. he was a crackhead, bonafide crackhead. Now, and I'm not making a joke out of it. I'm talking about we watched him walk down the street with a 36 inch big back TV crackhead. And you still married him because you wanted to be loved and you mm-hmm. felt that either you can save him. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't ever recall him fighting. Okay. But I do know that he stole Christmas one year. The whole Christmas. The whole Christmas. Oh, man. He was the Grinch. Oh, man. That stole my little sister Christmas. I knew one night he dropped my mama off to work in her car. And by the time she got out of work, he was in North Carolina. This was in Jacksonville, Florida. And he was in North Carolina with another woman by the time she got off work to come back and pick her up. So the violence is on every level. Yeah. But she married this man knowing that he was addicted to crack because she wanted love and did not know that she was good enough. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, I want to offer our listeners right now, like you said, please know and understand your value, your worth. Oh, God. Yes. Like Joy said, we do not have to accept less than. We do not have to tolerate and or deal with anybody putting their hands on you. Anybody calling you outside of your name. Anybody controlling you with money, uh, a place to stay, all of those things. Now, it's easier said than done because, right, we're, mm-hmm. we're on this podcast show and, and our lives, you know, may look different than yours. What I am saying is there is help. There are resources and things that you may have to, to endure temporarily just so that you can get out of that situation. It can be very deadly. We know too many times. Absolutely. We where that's, that's always the next step. And if I could, if I could put in that note. Yeah. The narcissistic personality disorder. Mm. Everybody throwing that word around because they're like, oh, they are narcissists. You know, this is a real condition, first of all, and you have to identify just because a person acts a, a one way doesn't necessarily make them a narcissist. Most narcissistic people are mentally and emotionally violent. They, if you put are in a position where you feel, and I'm not a uh, therapist or nothing like that, but when you put yourself in a uh, with around a person where, like we said, walking on eggshells, yeah, or you feel that you're in a relationship with anybody, whether it's a friendship or a relationship, where you can't be a happy version of yourself because of how that person demean you, make a joke about it, gaslight you, all of this, then you need to check to see the healthy boundaries in that relationship. Because your partnership should never make you feel less than, 
make you feel the way you can't be happy at any moment or where you can't feel safe. And when people dealing with narcissistic people, I think they go years without knowing that they're actually dealing with a person that has, that are putting them in this predicament yeah. where nothing you ever do is good enough. Come on now. It got to be some point where something you do is good enough. Yeah. But if they find fault and they always seem to be where you can cut your finger and then the next thing they come out their mind, well, see, now you're going to cut your finger and I got to call out from work. Okay, wait, why, why me cutting my finger got to affect you in that manner? I'm not saying challenge everything, but you have to call a spade a spade. Okay. And if this person is controlling you mentally, has to be in control of the money. I'm not saying because they're better at it. I'm not saying because, you know, they're the breadwinner and they're making things, you know, that's a different type. That's not control. Right. I'm talking about, like you said, using money as that controlling piece. You need to understand that that is a form of domestic violence. There's help. Every, every hit is not with a hand. It's a hit with a word. Yeah. It's a hit with an action. If that person continually cheats on you and they tell you you're the reason why I cheated, they can't accept accountability or responsibility for it. That's a flag on the play. For sure. You're never a reason why somebody choose to cheat. Facts. You're never a reason why they choose to hit you. Nobody could ever tell you, I hit you because I love you. Nobody can ever say, I do this because you didn't. Mm -mm. Absolutely not. And you need to find a way out. Because Wait. one thing I can say, I can't come and save you. Keisha can't come and save you. Your mama can't come and save you until you want to be saved. You have to make that conscious, conscious decision to leave. And until you make that decision to leave, you're going to always go back. Then when you leave, you need to get help. Take your time. Get help. Go see a therapist. Do whatever you need to do. Because the law of attraction, you're going to bring that. Until it's healed and resolved, you're going to okay. bring it back to you. Because you're going to always feel that that's, on, that's what you deserve. Yeah. But you need to take the time to get healed. To get on your feet. Yeah. To, um, it's, we can't play with the, the non-physical violence that is experienced right. in relationships. And that's in heterosexual land, too. Remember, I was telling you about the video um, yeah. that I saw. I scrolled by on TikTok. A man in the car. The girl is on live. And she's pregnant with a baby in the back. And he's choking her. She's screaming and coughing, phone drop. That's not love, ladies. At all. I mean, men too. Women hit. Yeah. 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 That's not love. You're absolutely right. I, I agree. Listen, when you told me about that video, I was just flabbergasted because for one, I, for whatever reason, she was live. Whatever happened before that, the fact that mm -hmm. that happened in a public setting and 
it doesn't sound like anyone else intervened, right? And then I'm saying, right. and, and there's situations, listen, don't get me wrong, right? I want y'all to listen close. I'm not telling y'all to go out and intervene and be Captain save a I'm not saying that. No. What I am saying is there are times where we see things and we don't say anything. You could at least call that's the police. Over. Exactly. That's over. I'm telling you right now, that's over. Over and done. When you see something, you've got to say something. We all have to live here at this time. We've got to take care of each other. We've got to and be more mindful be and more intentional. Yeah, right, right, right. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's not just enough to, you know, for us to get out our phones so we can put this on social media so we can get likes and clicks and this, that, and the third. That's not the time, right? Yeah, some things do need to be, you know, seen or saved or whatever, but there's also an opportunity for somebody needs to call for help or somebody needs to intervene. Right. Exactly. So I wanted to just touch on one thing. I wanted to give the audience uh, a definition of narcissistic personality mm. disorder. Uh, it's actually a mental health condition in which people have the unreasonable high sense of their own importance. Right. Mm. Uh, they need to seek too much attention and they want people to admire them. People with this disorder, they may lack the ability to understand and care about the feelings of others. That's narcissistic personality disorder. I'm not saying that y'all need to go out and diagnose your partner because mm -hmm. right. <laughs> right, because they always want to talk about them. Okay, that's not what I'm saying. What Joy and I are saying is that there's some things that you don't have to tolerate in a, in a relationship. And for mm -hmm. the most part, we most we know what those things are, right? And, and we know we should know, I hope at this point, how to conduct ourselves in relationships, right? Mm -hmm. Never a reason for me to put my hands on you. I don't, you know, I don't have children personally, but there's not a reason for me to keep putting my hands on you or anybody else, right? right. There's no reason for me to call you bitches and this, that, and the third and all out your name and blah, blah, blah. There's mm -hmm. too many other words in the English uh, language or vocabulary that I can choose to call you other than something derogatory. Right. So we got to fix those things about us, about our community, whether it's same gender loving or if it's heterosexual. But you guys got the culture. But deal with it with yourself first. Because like you yeah. said, don't go self, self don't go diagnose, um, diagnosing your partner. Make sure it ain't you. Because sometimes you're <laughs> the problem. Man, that's a whole word. Sometimes you're the problem. And you Man. know what? When you said that, I had a situation with um, my daughter today and you know how when we was growing up we weren't allowed to share how we feel I know how we wasn't it was you too young you don't never know go in there go depress them dishes go do this you know that's how we had to self deal yeah but today we was driving in the car and my one of my um, my job had called Okay. It was after five o'clock. That's fine. I was taking the call from my manager and we're talking and my daughter wants all of your attention all the time. So we're trying to get her into the thing where this means give me a second, whatever. Okay. But she it wouldn't register with her. I need my phone. And she's fussing in the back while I'm talking with my manager. And I flipped up my thing because it mutes it. And I yelled at her. Mommy Joy is on a phone call. You wait blah blah and she started crying I told her and stop all that crying and, and you know and she's heartbroken and after all of that was said and done I turned around to her and I said well mommy Joy's on the phone 
and she tells you to wait, you have to wait, but I'm still yelling. I'm at a raised voice with her. And she say, you hurt my heart. Ooh. And girl, everything in me died. Man. And it, it didn't kick in when she first said it because I was, oh, Shay was on the phone at the time and I was telling Shay what happened. And, and when I said, I said, no, I didn't. And Shay told me, no, hear what she just said. I said, I hurt your heart. Mommy Joy would never hurt your heart. I had to go back and fix that. Yeah. But I'm still explaining to her, when I tell you to wait, you have to wait. Yeah. But I had to go back and fix it because I don't want that to be a trigger. Yeah. I don't want her to take yelling and all of this stuff and and take it as a form of love or uh, or to push her into a way, into right. somebody else's arms. Yeah. Because Mama Joy got mad and yelled. Or normal behavior, right? A normal behavior, but she told me she said you hurt my heart, and I'm like, child, I'm gonna die. Man, <laughs> listen. Even when she woke up, I said, "Mommy Joe would never hurt your heart." Yeah. And she was like, "It's okay." I said, "It's not okay." Listen to what Mommy Joe is saying. Mommy Joe is sorry. Yeah. And do you know how much further we would have been if we was able to say that to a parent? They don't understand the, the domestic violence that we had to go through in our generation and why we respond the way we respond. Okay. Now, granted, some of these generations are punks. I ain't gonna lie to you. They need <laughs> some stuff that ain't that bad. Right. <laughs> but we couldn't say nothing. Right. But just imagine the level of healing we would have had earlier in life if we would have been able to say, you hurt my feelings and this is what it made me feel. And they say, you know, I am sorry. Because my mama yelled at me and I yelled at you. Yeah. My mama cussed me out. I cussed at her. I cussed you out. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to say uh, we can always have moments where our children are able to teach us, but we got to mm -hmm. reset that. Right. So, in that moment, she taught you that she didn't like the way you treated her. Whether she was right or wrong and whatever she was doing, what and how you responded to her mm -hmm. hurt her feelings, right? Mm -hmm. So most parents at some point, you know, more than likely that that may have happened to us, right? It happened to me. My granddaughter did the same similar thing. But like you said, had it happened to us early on and we had those opportunities to be able to voice comfortably without being, <laughs> without the yeah. fear of losing our lives. <laughs> <laughs> right. We would have been much healthier people, right? Not not totally or or forever, you know, right? But that those are coaching moments. Those are learning moments. And we have as adults or parents have to realize that there's sometimes where our children are gonna teach us. And we and have to break to that, that curse. We have to break that yeah. generational curse, especially Absolutely. if we're imitating what our parents did. Yeah. Or whoever raised us. Yeah. And we're trying to take those practices over into how we raise our children. Absolutely. And, but, we can be better. We're we could be better, but we're, we need to break the curse of violence. That's violence. Every yeah. child don't need to be hit. Now, some of them little suckers need to be popped. <laughs> I fight them. <laughs> Listen, I fight a kid. Some of them need to. Some of you need to really punch in their chest. But yeah. there's some kids that you have to come a different route. I was that kid. All you had to do was threaten me. I'm good. Now, my sister Angie, 
Child boo, you had to jump on her. You had to suplex and DDT. Yeah. But then, but then my younger sister, you yell at her, she cries, she breaks down, she melts. <laughs> we got some people in the comments. Of course, we got Shay. Shout out to Shay. Uh, <laughs> Tiffany Bell. Hey, I appreciate you tuning in, Tiffany. She said this, this generation is too sensitive. And absolutely they are. You know what? I really what? It's, it's a shift. It's a shift in the way that we were raised and how we're raising our children, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and I'll just say, it, it, not that all things are bad, right? There's some things that I can appreciate that I learned, uh, I, you know, as I was growing up, right? Mm-hmm. And there's things that I will pass those things on to, you know, our kids and, and grandkids and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot of things I'm going to leave that where it was, right? Because I know yeah. it didn't serve me and it wasn't healthy for me. Yeah. It, and it, I 100% agree with you. You you have to learn what works now. It's not a one-size-fit-all parenting right. role. I'm not a gentle parent because I don't have gentle <laughs> kids. But one thing I can appreciate, I can appreciate how our generation has a level of independence. Yeah. We have a level of figure it out. Yeah. We're not depending or dependent in the situation. We can, no, I'm, I'm good. You know, we can, we know how to handle certain things that this generation does. We, learning how to drive was a requirement. It okay. A elective. <laughs> we, we graduated high school and it was a mandatory class. It was mandatory to know how to tell time on the clock. <laughs> it was mandatory. Like those were mandatory things. It was mandatory to take classes that helped you learn life. Now, these kids don't know nothing. They and don't have the like, tools. They don't. They absolutely don't. So it's I appreciate it. Yeah, it's our fault. But then I also appreciate what the lot of the upbringing. Yeah. I do. I appreciate it because, no, I, I do have respect. I do know how to act. I do know how to carry myself when I want to. Absolutely. You know, I still got respect for elders. I don't call my Auntie Gina Gina. I call Auntie Gina. Okay. I'm 45. <laughs> I call my grandma grandma. Okay. That, I don't call about her first. I wish I would call about her first. I feel like I get it. <laughs> I feel I'm feeling the draft right now. <laughs> right. So, but no, you but we have to we now that in the knowledge that we have, yeah, and a changing of our mindset. We have the ability to shift and to fix relationships. Yeah. And we also have the ability, especially even with our grandchildren and those who have younger children, we have the ability to give them a life they don't have to recover from. Not saying you're going to do everything perfect, but we know what it is when you went to go spend a night at somebody's house and you came back touched. Yeah, that part. So with that being said, no, my baby ain't going nowhere. Absolutely not. <laughs> you know, and we yeah. have to we have to capitalize upon that and knowing that let's spot these red flags in our current relationships because our children see it, like we said in the beginning of the show. Violence doesn't just affect the person that's being violated or the violator. It affects everybody around you. You ever tried having to grow up early because you had to be your best, your mom's best friend after she got her ass beat? Mm. How quick did you have to grow up when you yeah. had to deal with that? Yeah. 
Yeah. And stuff that we didn't have to live through. We shouldn't yeah. have had to. So keep in mind, if you're in that situation, there is help. Like you said, if a person goes live and they get in their butt beat, call the police. Don't just sit there on the live talking about what they doing to you. See what they doing. You don't have yeah. to be a spectator. But at least call the police. Call, if you know the person, call their mama, call somebody. Yeah, yeah. Don't sit and enjoy the the visuals that you're getting. Like, come on now. Beat, say something. Yeah. Well, love should never hurt. It That's should never hurt. That's what we've been talking about this whole hour. Uh, so we, we, we're a little bit over our mm-hmm. hour, but I, I'll give you the opportunity if there's something that you want to close out or something else that you want to add on. Uh, but like we've been talking about, love should never hurt. Go ahead. I'll turn it over to you. That's it. Love never hurts. And if a person say they love you, the actions that match. If they show you, believe what they do. Don't believe what a person say. I don't even care how long you've been married to them. <laughs> it should never hurt. Yeah. And if I tell you that you hurt me and I tell you why and you have the audacity to justify it. I'm going to let y'all know. <laughs> I don't mind walking away from a friendship from anything that no longer serves me yeah. in the capacity of love. Okay. And that includes marriage too. You yeah. don't have to stay married for other people. If your spouse is not loving you, love should never hurt. Yeah. What Let's are your say- last words? Uh, I 100% agree. Uh, and and I would just echo what we've been talking about tonight. We've, uh, got the national domestic violence hotline number. That number is 800-799-7233. And again, if you're experiencing some things that we've been talking about tonight, or, you know, someone, uh, offer them that number, offer them a helping hand or olive branch. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I will also say that, uh, figure out, how to get back to a place where you can exercise some self-love, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the healing journey is not going to be overnight, okay? Um, it is a process. It's not going to be easy, but we would hate to have to do a different kind of segment on on, on any of our listeners, our loved ones, our community, mm-hmm. because they didn't take the information seriously or they didn't take into account, you know, the things that they're dealing with right now. So mm-hmm. take the information, disperse it as needed. And again, as always, please stay connected to us. We've got a great 2024 mm-hmm. coming up. Go ahead. You got something to say, Joy? I just want to. That our viewers to know self-love is not going to get your nails done and your feet done. That's a part of self-care. <laughs> self-love is learning to love what you see. Yes. When you look in the mirror, you love what you see from the inside out. It's self-image, it's self-esteem, 
That is self-love to where you know that you are, what, what you offer, what you bring to the table, what you give is good enough. Absolutely. That's self-love. Yeah, go get them nails done because some of that stuff be ragged. What I'm saying is, if you can't look in your mirror and say, I love you and feel it, you need some work. Yeah. That's what they call shadow work. Oh, man. Don't don't misconstrue self-love. It's when you appreciate yourself. When you have a sense of accomplishment and pride of yourself and what you do and what you offer, that's self-love. I'm yeah. sorry, I just I wanted no, to make sure they knew it ain't about going to a spa day. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All of that is good. Like you said, we, we got to learn how to pour into ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. And we can say that when we're looking in the mirror, just like you said, we've got to be able to love the person that we're looking at. If there's some things about that person that you don't like, then you have the opportunity to change it. Right. The ability and the power. God gave us everything we need to be our best self. Everything. We don't have to go externally for anything. Right. We've got to pour into ourself, love on self. And if we're attracting these kinds of people, then we need to address whatever is within us to make sure that we, we get that out of us. Right. We've got to do that. We've got to do that in a healthy way. Um, so we're, we're about to wrap up. Listen, mm -hmm. I want to just say real quick, like, follow, and share, because I know y'all know some people, okay? Mm -hmm. I know y'all know some people who need to see this podcast show. All right, Tiffany, much love. I appreciate you. I love you, man. We've got to take care of one another. And how mm -hmm. we can take care of one another is by giving them information that they need to be their best self, right? It's right. Enough, not enough just to say, oh, man, girl, you look great. Okay, you know, you looking good. That's all great. You know what I'm saying? But we, we got to take care of self. We got to love self. And we got to encourage those people around us, our loved ones. Okay? Mm -hmm. We've got to do that. So like, follow, and share on all of our social media platforms. We've got some great stuff coming up in 2024. Oh, yeah. We've got relationship experts. Okay? Mm -hmm. We've got some continuations of some, of some shows that we got a lot of love from in 2023 that we're going to revamp and revisit and provide more context in 2024. We're mm -hmm. here to help y'all. And as always, keep a regal mindset. We love y'all. We, we love, love it. And your, and your love is always good enough. Don't always. ever let nobody tell you your love is not good enough. Your love is good enough. Man, great show, Maybe man. I can't do it. Mine is not giving me heart. Okay. <laughs> That's cool. Listen, we're signing out. Y'all have I a love good you. evening. Hey, I love you too, Joy. I love, I you. love you, man. All right. Listen, we'll talk later.